0: You're listening to the Workforce Wise Podcast from Equifax, where we help you better manage your workforce by saving time, reducing risk, and focusing on increasing profits.
1: Hello, and welcome to the Workforce Wise Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Fry. This is a continuation of our series on how vaccination mandates might affect HR operations. We're hearing more and more about how vaccination mandates for COVID-19 at various levels of the government and how those vaccination mandates may impact HR professionals as they're rolled out across either your state or the country. Many of our clients are evaluating different options to comply with these mandates, and we're working through how these mandates might impact their ongoing HR operations. Today, we're going to focus on how those mandates might impact ACA and ACA compliance. Christy Abend is with us today and will be walking us through key points for employers to better understand possible ramifications for vaccine mandates on your individual ACA program. Christy is our product manager for our ACA service. She's responsible for the strategic development of our ACA offerings, and honestly, she's written some really great pieces recently on how vaccine mandates may impact ACA operations. Thank you for joining us today, Christy.
2: Thanks so much for having me, Jason. Happy to be here.
1: So Christy, I'm going to start with the same question that I'm going to start each of these with. To mandate or not to mandate, that's the question that we're getting from our clients right now. So what are you hearing from clients or what are you seeing in the marketplace when you see that question?
2: When I see that question, it is such a heated question. Uh, I think it's really going to be dependent on the employer's appetite to handle Mass fallout from employees who are not interested in receiving the uh, vaccination. I think that's one of the biggest concerns is when an employer implements a requirement to be vaccinated. There are many reasons why employees may not be interested in complying with that mandate and are absolutely willing to look elsewhere for employment. So, you know, as far as what we're hearing, it's really all over the place. Employers have a responsibility to protect their workforce, but they also need to be concerned with high rates of turnover in order to operate their business. So it really is just going to depend on how that employer can rebound from any kind of loss of staff as a result of a mandate.
1: No, and that makes 100% sense. And I mean, we've seen a lot in the marketplace and honestly, just even on the news about how different employers are looking at or reacting to vaccines and vaccine mandates. One of the things that I've seen recently is employers charging their employees more for benefits if they're not vaccinated. Now, I don't admittedly know a ton about ACA, but it sounds like something that may impact ACA. Does it impact and how would that type of a philosophy from the employer impact ACA?
2: Sure. And I think that this is another one of those answers that it's always, it depends. Uh, the, the concern for Affordable Care Act compliance when it comes to these vaccination mandates is really those that are considering adding some kind of a premium surcharge to their employer employee cost sharing, employee cost sharing. If an employer is already riding the line when it comes to affordability of their plans, adding any kind of a surcharge to those uh, employee costs for the, those premiums could render their plans unaffordable. Uh, you know, We've got an example from one of our customers who was truly looking to implement some kind of a surcharge to help offset the costs that are related to hospitalizations that are uh, resulting from their unvaccinated population, similar to what we saw in the news at the end of August. Uh, one of the largest employers in our country has uh, you know declared that they are going to be implementing a premium surcharge of $200 per month to their unvaccinated employees effective November 1st. Uh, in addition to uh, implementing a surcharge, they're also going to be rolling out the requirement of all of their employees to wear a mask indoors who are unvaccinated. They would no longer be offering paid time off to their employees who might be infected with the COVID-19 virus as long as those employees have not been vaccinated. So only their vaccinated population will be able to take advantage of that paid leave. But when it comes to the Affordable Care Act, it really is that premium surcharge that employers need to be cognizant of. Wellness programs have many different governing bodies with regulations that need to be considered, including HIPAA, the ADA, GINA, and of course the Internal Revenue Code. Um, These these governing bodies have legislation already existing that indicate that an employer cannot discriminate against an individual's eligibility to participate in a health insurance plan, as well as uh, premiums that can be charged and coverage that can be offered to those employees based on a health-related factor. And in in 2010, the Affordable Care Act also further extended those non-discrimination considerations to include insurers who cannot charge higher premiums based on health status, gender, race, or disability. An exception to this has been the allowance of premium discounts, rebates, modifications to cost sharing for employees who adhere to a wellness program that are created to promote health and disease prevention. There are limitations to the dollar amounts that can be offered to employees, which is currently at 30% of the cost of coverage, or 50% when that program is designed to prevent the use of tobacco. And in addition, the regulations clearly state that reasonable alternatives must be offered in order to prevent discrimination. But what's interesting here is that wellness incentives are considered not earned when assessing affordability. So any discounts that an employee might receive or uh, or a surcharge that might be included in their premiums cannot be taken into consideration when determining affordability of a lowest cost health insurance plan. So for example, If an employer offers a plan that includes cost sharing to an employee of $100 a month, but employees who participate in a wellness incentive program perhaps get a reduction to $70 a month, the ACA dictates that affordability still must be calculated on the $100 per month premium. One exception to this has been regarding surcharges that are assessed to an employer's smoking population. Under the ACA, insurance providers are able to legally charge higher premiums in order to incentivize smokers to quit smoking, and employers can then pass on those costs through premium surcharges that are added to the the smoking population. Those premium surcharges can be excluded when calculating affordability of the lowest cost health plan. So using the example I gave above, that $100 per month plan um, that's being offered to employees, if there's a surcharge that's requiring smokers to pay $150, per month, employers are allowed to still use the $100 per month plan cost. So when the vaccination mandate was announced, there was a bit of uncertainty on whether or not that surcharge that could be assessed to an unvaccinated employee would be allowed to be excluded from the affordability calculation. But then recently here on October 4th, Uh, There was an FAQ document that was released that included joint guidance from the Department of Labor, the Department of Health and Human Services, and the Treasury that confirmed that any surcharge that's assessed to an employee would not be able to be excluded as it's considered more like the unearned benefit in a wellness program.
1: So I guess that's good for employers who were thinking about surcharges. But I I know you mentioned discrimination a couple of different times when you were talking about the surcharges. Are there other concerns around discrimination or is it just kind of carte blanche for employers when we're talking about surcharges for things like non-vaccinated employees?
2: As well as offering an alternative uh, option for those that are unable to participate in a wellness program due to a medical condition. The same rules are going to need to apply to a vaccine mandate that employers roll out to an employee. But most importantly, what's important for employers to keep in mind is that the 49 h rules that uh, include the affordability requirements of an employer's health plan. Currently is set at 9.83% for 2021. Some employers really do set the cost of those plans right along those lines to ensure that those plans are affordable. So the addition of any kind of premium surcharge would have to be added to that cost, thus decreasing their ability to consider their plans affordable.
0: To get even more out of today's episode, make sure you get your free tools like webinars, eBooks, videos, and more at Equifax.com slash wise.
1: That seems like a lot of really technical and great advice, but are there other impl- implications that employers should think about ACA related when they're thinking about surcharges or when they're thinking about compliance with ACA? Um, just in general when we're talking about vaccine mandates.
2: Sure. There's a lot of things that employers are going to need to consider if they're going to add a surcharge to their health insurance premium costs, such as how much are they going to charge? And that really is going to depend on what their current health care cost sharing looks like. Again, if they're really riding that line along the 9.83% for 2021, that is actually decreasing to 9.61% for 2022. This is going to be the second year in the history of ACA that the affordability percentage decreases. What that does is it leads to an employer who is riding the line and charging as much as they can while still having their plans deemed as affordable. When that amount decreases, employers most often will have to decrease the amount that they're charging to their employees. So when you couple the decrease of the affordability percentage for 2022 to 9.61% plus the addition of a surcharge for your unvaccinated population, you really are towing the line, potentially putting yourself in a place where your coverage won't be determined as affordable. So the considerations that need to happen during this discussion, these conversations are what are my current costs, what is the current cost of my lowest cost health insurance plan that is available to my employees and how much room do we have between that and the maximum affordability percentage so that an amount could be determined that would allow an incentive for employees to be vaccinated, but also not put the employer out of the affordability spectrum. So when determining those amounts, you know, take things into consideration like, for instance, smoking surcharges average approximately $20 to $50 per month per employee. So an employer needs to, to look at those amounts and make sure that it's not going to deem their plans unaffordable, but then they also need to be concerned with whether or not they're going to assess those surcharges just to their employees, or if they're going to take their family vaccinations into consideration when when applying that surcharge. Um, you know, that's going to be certainly a logistical consideration for employers to to keep mindful of. Um, For instance, HIPAA has privacy laws that are very specific on record keeping and information disclosure related to health information. So employers need to be thinking about not only how much will this cost, but how am I going to administer this plan? What am I going to require of my employees to prove their vaccination status? Or again, if I'm going to roll that out to the family members that are enrolled in my plan, what documentation am I going to be requiring of my employees? Who is going to manage that logistically and how am I going to keep that information protected to ensure that I'm in compliance with HIPAA privacy laws in addition to Affordable Care Act affordability considerations
1: as well. And Chrissy, just because I want to know, what happens if they run afoul of the affordability standards?
2: Sure. So what happens when an employer offers a plan that's not affordable they could very well get away with it. This is one of the things that I always like to emphasize when considering what the true risks are. An employer who offers a plan that's not affordable is going to be subjecting themselves to potentially the 4980HB penalty for any employee who deems that coverage unaffordable and then seeks coverage through the exchange and is eligible for a subsidy. So for each employee that does that, provided that it is determined that that coverage was unaffordable, employers are going to be looking at paying a penalty which is also indexed for inflation each year so we're looking at roughly you know just over $4000 for 2021 penalties. Um, that, that would be the implication to an employer, but those employees do need to go to the exchange, enroll in coverage through the exchange, and be determined to be eligible for a subsidy, in which case an employer would likely be seeing these employees listed on what they call the premium tax credit notification that is received through the 226J notice. Um, likely these come out roughly two years after the reporting year, so this is something that could very well affect employers for years to come if they're not paying attention to the affordability percentage when they're uh, considering
1: these surcharges. Chrissy, honestly, I think this is some great information. I'm sure our listeners have learned a lot today, and I'd like to thank you for joining us today on the Wise podcast. For listeners, we hope you enjoyed today's discussion we hope you're walking away with some best practices that you can adopt at your organization and be on the lookout for the next set of vaccine mandate podcasts to learn how those mandates may affect other parts of your HR operations.
0: Thanks for listening. If you like what you heard today, be sure to subscribe to the Workforce WiSE podcast. And don't forget to download your free tools at Equifax.com/wise. While you're there, check out our other episodes and sign up for a live tech demo to see our solutions in action. And to keep our lawyers happy, you should know the information provided on the Workforce WiSE podcast is intended as general guidance and not intended to convey specific tax or legal advice. For tax or legal information pertaining to your company and its specific facts and needs, please consult your own tax advisor or legal counsel. The views expressed are those of the discussion leaders and do not necessarily reflect official positions of Equifax. Investor analysts should direct inquiries using the Contact Us box on the Investor Relations section at Equifax.com.